Hello, my name is Ashley Lambert, and this is Fairy Sleepy, a podcast to help you fall asleep. So, close your eyes, take a deep breath, and settle in, and get ready for tonight's story, The Maker of Rainbows, by Richard Le Gallien. The rainbow has often been used in literature, religion, and art to symbolize the bridge between the land and the sky, the earth and the heavens. But depending on what culture, rainbow symbolism is wide-ranging. For those in the Christian and Jewish faith, the rainbow appeared in the sky as God's covenant with Noah that he would not flood the world again. In ancient Greek mythology, Iris was the goddess of the rainbow, bringing the gods' commands down from Mount Olympus to the land of the mortals once again. The arc, or arch, of the rainbow suggests a bridge between earthly and heavenly sky. Iris was the divine messenger, and the rainbow was the brightly colored embodiment of her path from Olympus to the land of the living. That's why the section of your eye surrounding the pupil is called the iris, because it suggests the colors of the rainbow. Meanwhile, in Norse legend, a rainbow was literally a bridge between the world and the heavens. In the east, the rainbow was a staircase of seven colors used by Buddha when he returns from heaven. Also, in East Asia, the rainbow was associated with the serpent, presumably because of its shape, and specifically with the mythic serpent who was the offspring of the underworld. Probably one of the most famous myths about rainbows includes a pot of gold from the Celtic origin. Ancient Celtic gold coins were called rainbow saucers, and the pot of gold is supposed to be treasure belonging to leprechauns. The myth states that a leprechaun could be persuaded into giving up their treasure to someone who captured them, but the leprechaun would always trick the captor into looking the other way, whereupon both leprechaun and gold would promptly vanish. The idea of finding the end of the rainbow by extension is all about pursuing a fruitless and unrealistic aim. When our beloved pets pass over, we say they travel over the rainbow bridge as we say farewell. The rainbow flag is a symbol of the LGBTQ plus community created in 1978 Created by Gilbert Baker. He was an artist, designer, and Vietnam War veteran. Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz sings about somewhere over the rainbow. Bluebirds fly. And most recently, with the death of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II, a double rainbow was seen 
in the skies shortly before the announcement of her death, as many around the world mourn the loss of a monarch and a woman who had seen her share of dark skies and rainbows. I've always looked at rainbows as a sign of good to come, the calm after the storm, the light in the darkness. However you see rainbows, they are meant as a symbol of hope, a tie-dye sky, a pot of gold, a beloved pet crossing, a symbol to counteract hate and promote love, or a trick of the light through raindrops for the scientifically minded. The rainbow is something that we have hopefully all experienced, and typically nobody ever forgets. Tonight's story, the maker of rainbows, perhaps, is one of the many that represent hope in dark times and a glimmer of color after the gray of the rain. When the rain stops, the rainbow appears, and I hope it makes you very, very sleepy. The Maker of Rainbows by Richard Regalien It was a bleak November morning in the dreary little village of Twelve Trees. Nature herself seemed hopeless and disgusted with the universe as the chill mists stole wearily through the bare trees and the boughs dripped with a clammy moisture that had nothing of the energy of tears. Twelve Trees was a poor little village at the best of times, but when the past summer had been more than unusually unkind to it, and the lean wheat fields and the ragged orchards had been leaner and more ragged than ever before, so said the memory of the oldest villagers. There was very little to eat in the village of Twelve Trees and practically no money at all. Some of the inhabitants found consolation in the fact that at the Inn of the Blessed Rood, the cider kegs still held out against despair. But this was no comfort to the gaunt and shivering children left to themselves on the chill doorsteps half-heartedly trying to play their innocent little games. Even the heart of childhood felt the shadows that morning in the dreary little village of Twelve Trees, and even the dogs and the cats of the village seemed to be under the same spell of gloom and moved about with a dank hopelessness, evidently expecting nothing in the shape of discarded fish or transfiguring smells. There was no life in the long, disheveled high street. No one seemed to think it worthwhile to get up and work. There was nothing to get up for and no work worth doing. So naturally, in all this echoing emptiness, this lack of excitement... Anything that happened attracted a gratefully alert attention, even from those 
cats and dogs, so sadly prowling amid the dejected refuse of the village. Presently, amid all the November numbness, the blank nothingness of the damp, deserted street, there was to be seen approaching from the south a curious little figure of an old man, trundling at his side a strange apparatus resembling a knife grinder's wheel, and he carried some forlorn old umbrellas under one arm. Evidently, he was an itinerant knife grinder and umbrella mender. As he proceeded up the street, he called out some strange sing-song, the words of which was impossible to distinguish. But, though his cry was melancholy, his old, puckered, and wizened face seemed to be alight with some inner and inextinguishable gladness, and his electrical blue eyes startlingly set in a network of wrinkles, were as full of laughter as a boy's. His cry attracted a weary face here and there at window and door, but seeing nothing but an old knife grinder, the faces lost interest and immediately disappeared. The children, however, being less sophisticated were filled with a grateful curiosity toward the stranger and left the chilled doorsteps and trooped about him in wonder. A little girl with tears making channels down her pale, unwashed face caught the old man's eye. Little one, he said with a magical smile and a voice all reassuring love. Give me one of those tears, and I will show you what I can make of it. And he touched the child's face with his hand and caught one of her tears on his finger and placed it glittering on his wheel. Then, working a pedal with his foot, the wheel began to move so swiftly that one could see nothing but its whirling. And as it whirled, wonderful colored rays began to rise from it, so that presently the dreary street seemed full of rainbows. The sad houses were lit up with a fairy radiance, and the faces of the children were all laughter again. Well, little one, he said when the wheel stopped whirling, did you like what I made out of that sad little tear? And the children laughed and begged him to do some other trick for them. At that moment, there came down the street a poor old woman, indescribably dirty and bedraggled, talking to herself and laughing in a strange way. The village knew her as Sal, and the children were accustomed to make cruel sport of her. As she came near, they began to jeer at her with the heartlessness of young, unknowing things. But the strange old man, who had made rainbows out of the little girl's tear, suddenly stopped them. Stay, children, he said, and watch. 
As he said this, his wheel went whirling again. And as it whirled, a light shot out from it, so that it illuminated the poor old woman. And in its radiance, she became strangely transfigured. In the place of old Sal, whom they had been accustomed to mock, the children saw a beautiful young girl, all blushes and bright eyes and pretty ribbons. And so great was the murmur of their surprise that it drew to the doorsteps their fathers and mothers, who also saw old Sal, as none of them had ever seen her before, except a very old man who remembered her as a beautiful young girl and remembered, too, how her mind had gone from her as the news came one day that her sweetheart, a sailor, had been drowned in the North Sea. Who and what are you? said this old man, stepping out a little in front of the gathering crowd. Are you a wizard, that you change a child's tear into laughter and turn an old woman back to a young girl? You must be of the devil. Give me an ear of corn from your last harvest, answered the old knife grinder, and let me put it on my wheel. An ear of corn was brought to him, and once more his wheel went whirring. And again that strange light shot out from it, and spread far past the houses, over the fields beyond, and lo, to the astonished, sad eyes of the weary farmers, they appeared waving with golden grain, waiting for the scythe. And again, as the wheel stopped whirring, old man who had remembered old Sal as a young girl spoke to the knife grinder. Again, he asked, What? And who are you? Are you a wizard that you change a child's tears into laughter and turn an old woman back to a young girl and make a barren land a waving cornfield? And the man with the strange wheel answered, I am the maker of rainbows. I am the alchemist of hope. To me, the autumn is always summer. Tears are always laughter that is going to be, and darkness is light misunderstood. The sad heart makes its own sorrow. The happy heart makes its own joy. The harvest is made by the harvestman, and there is nothing hard or black or weary that is not waiting for the magic touch of hope to become soft as a spring flower, bright as the morning star, and valiant as a young runner in the dawn. But the village of twelve trees was not to be convinced by such words made out of moonshine. Only the children believed in the laughing old man with the strange wheel. Rainbows, mocked their fathers and mothers. Rainbows, much good, are rainbows to a starving village. The old maker of rainbows took their taunts in silence and made ready to go his way. But as he started once more along the road, he said with a cynical smile, 
Have you never heard that there is a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow? A pot of gold? cried out the whole village of twelve trees. Yes, he answered, a pot of gold. I know where it is, and I am going to find it. Then he moved on his way. Then the villagers looked at one another and said over and over again, A pot of gold. And they took their cloaks and walking staves and set out to accompany the old visitor. But when they reached the outskirts of the village, there was no sign of him. He had mysteriously disappeared. But the children never forgot the rainbows. The end. I hope you enjoyed the short story, The Maker of Rainbows. It's a cautionary tale, in a way, where rainbows represent hope and joy. But for some, they're just looking for the pot of gold. Thank you so much for listening and for all the downloads and your amazing reviews. I read every single one of them. And even though I can't respond, don't think that they don't make my day. I appreciate you. And I hope the podcast is helping you sleep. If this is your first time joining, welcome. Thank you for joining us, and I hope that you'll join again. I hope you find your pot of gold, the end of the rainbow, or hope after the rain. I'm Ashley Lambert, and this is Very Sleepy. Until next time. Good night.